0: Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are mock drafting, snake drafting against one another. Who is going to lead the NFL in receiving yards this year? I can't call it the wide receiver champion because there's a chance that we get a couple of tight ends here in these top fives. Essentially, what we're going to do is go back and forth, snake draft style, picking out of the pool of nfl players who could potentially lead the nfl in receiving yards pretty straightforward we're gonna have a scoring system that we'll announce to you guys during the episode we'll be able to keep score of it and at the end of the year see who won, see who was better at predicting who the best wide receivers in the nfl were going to be so fantasy football people what's up glad to have you with us on this episode i'm trevor sykema with me as always is connor rogers let's ring the bell opening bell of the nfl stock exchange podcast i'm trevor Sickema. that is connor rogers we have a very special mock draft monday format for you guys today it's a combination of a lot of things connor it's you know nfl hype it's fantasy football hype we're getting a little bit of rookie draft hype in here at the end but what we're doing me and you going back and forth snake draft style trying to pick the next wide receiver champion who is going to finish with the most receiving yards in the nfl this season we got cooper cup who is the reigning champion who could be a very high selection in this draft here but plenty of other really great names to choose from it's a great way to highlight a fun position i'll say that a very well-known position that a lot of people have a lot of opinions on so connor i'm excited to get it going with you here I am too. This is really good timing as a lot of people
1: are preparing for their fantasy drafts. A lot of people want to hear about not just the rookies, which we do a lot of on this show, but the young ascending talent in the league. And I think wide receiver is kind of kind of reigns supreme being that position where there are guys under 25 that sit amongst the top 10 in the league. And I think you and I just like going head to head on any kind of football challenge we can come up with. So this this one's a layup, but it'll be pretty
0: fun. No, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know what else I'm going to really enjoy about this episode in particular? Everybody has takes on wide receiver. My goodness. Everybody has takes on wide receiver, whether it's uh, their favorite wide receiver on their team or just this guy's better than this guy. Nothing gets the people going, if you will, to quote Blades of Glory like a wide, like a good old wide receiver ranking so i think that this is gonna it's be hard to be wrong like there's so many good
1: wide receivers they, did you see that they asked cooper cup to rank his top five wide receivers and he didn't put himself oh wow the hum- which like the humility i mean it's cooper cup like really humble dude the
0: confidence
1: yeah it was just that's it was just kind of funny because 9 out of 10 wide receivers always put themselves <laughs> like number top. That's three. the wide receiver way, man. You got to Yeah, you it's just gotta, great for put you. put yourself at number 1, right? Like- yeah. So, man, it's it's a funny position. Um obviously we've been pretty spoiled the last couple of drafts with this position and some of the names you're going to hear today obviously, you know,
0: are are from these recent classes as well. Okay, before we before we get it going here, I want to have a little bit of fun. Can you pull up the past wide receiver champions over the last, you know, whatever. Like, I've got a pro football reference up, and it shows who's won this title over the last couple yep. of years. I just want to go through, like, this list of names and see if anybody, like, super stands out to you, like you remember a certain season. I'm I got it out. Dude, 2010, I I totally forgot about this. Brandon Lloyd, he's <laughs> 29, one. won the wide receiver title that year in 2010. That's crazy. I totally forgot well, And it's incredible
1: when you look at the Brandon Lloyd sandwich of this. The two years before he won it, Andre Johnson won it. The two years after he won it, Calvin Johnson won it. So in between (laughs) an an elite Andre Johnson and Calvin Johnson, Brandon Lloyd won this
0: award. Wait a second. Bro, do you know who's quarterback of the Denver Broncos in 2010? Take a guess. Take a guess. Oh, man.
1: Is it um, Jake the Snake, or is that too? or no? It was was not Jake the Snake. That's too late.
0: You you knew it had to be before Peyton, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means it's somebody kind of random. Kyle Orton, brother. Kyle Orton, my God. Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow were the two quarterbacks of this team. That's right, Tebow came in at that point. This is unbelievable, okay? Brandon Lloyd had... Had over 1,400 yards. He had 1,448 receiving yards on 77 catches. That's it, dude. Our average yeah, almost 20 yards a catch. Insane. This what is, is the Ky- deal. This is that? Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow's stats that year. Tim Tebow, he only he only started in three games. He had five touchdowns, three interceptions, and threw for 654 yards. So that wasn't a lot. So you go, okay. Like Kyle Orton had to do most of the heavy lifting. He did, but Kyle Orton only threw for. Three thousand six hundred fifty-three yards, twenty so touchdowns, one and nine receptions. So it's like they're only force feeding Brandon Lloyd. Yeah. This this actually might be the uh, the most impressive out of everybody. I, I'm I'm I'm. You know what? Brandon Lloyd's wide receiver title more impressive than Calvin Johnson's. No, I'm just kidding. Calvin almost had <laughs> two thousand receiving yards in 2012. Josh it's Gordon, the, yeah. 2013. At least we forget. Yeah, unreal Josh Gordon era. Dude, the Brandon Lloyd season falls into
1: those weird football things of like, where did this come from? Because the year before that, he only had 117 yards and he'd never topped. He never topped. His biggest season was 733. And and he never had a thousand yard year besides that, I don't think. So it's one of those like, you know, the Gary Barnage thing, like Mm -hmm. Gary Barnage had a thousand yard season in 2015. Before that, he never topped 250 yards. And after that, he only played one more year where he had 612 yards. So, like, it, it, the NFL is so funky like that. It's kind of like baseball starting pitchers. Sometimes you have guys just, like, have this insane year, win the Cy Young, and they don't really ever do anything ever again. It That can be, at times, the
0: wide receiver or tight end position. I'm scrolling all the way down here because I was like, hmm, I wonder when the last time somebody won the wide receiver award with less than a thousand yards was 1977 drew pearson dallas cowboys 870 yards won the wide receiver title and i
1: think that was isn't that the only person to oh no 1959 before him so it's like really obviously
0: there's a massive gap yeah but then we get into then we get into like super old early era of football where the very first person to win the wide receiver title 1932 ray Flaherty. 350 receiving yards I mean Jamar Chase basically had that in one game half a month yeah oh my god (laughs) and this guy's winning the wide receiver title I do think it's very interesting that from 1938 to 1944 someone named Don won that award every single year Don Hudson yeah Don Looney wait Don Looney was right in the middle of it so it's it's wait we still we still keep the Don train going One, two, three, four, five, six, seven years in a row, somebody named Don won the wide receiver title. And now that name, like, you never see that name ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget, Don Maynard won it in 67
0: from name. You want your kid to be a star wide receiver? Don. Name of Don. Donnie. Donnie, straight out the womb. Just, I mean, it's just destined to be destined for greatness. It, It
1: is. It is a funny award because obviously it's superstars for the most part. But you do you got the Brandon Lloyd, you got the Josh Gordon season. Um, God, it's traditionally a magical year that Josh it,
0: Gordon season.
1: Oh, it was insane!
0: I got to get. It's generally
1: won guys. by somebody in that like age twenty six to twenty eight range. Cooper Cup was just twenty eight when he did it. Diggs, twenty six the year before. Michael Thomas twenty six the year before that. But we are, have some guys this year that I take a stab at that. I yep. take a little run at that.
0: Yep, we do. Like I said, uh there there are three guys in this list. The last three winners are the wide the wide receiver champions. You had Michael Thomas in twenty nineteen, you had Stefan Diggs the year after that, and then you had Cooper Cup, uh ha- last year. I mean, all three of those guys could still be selections in, in this draft. And, and and with that being said, let's get it kicked off. Do you want to pick first? Do you want to pick second? I'll give you the I'll give you the, the dealer's choice here, whether you want to be first. Snake draft, remember, always snake draft. So if you pick second, you also pick third. Who are you going with there? What do you want to Oh here? man a lot of pressure lot it is a lot pressure, of pressure i'll
1: pick first oh okay All yeah right. i was I'll... i was
0: about to i was about to be mad but i don't know who you're gonna pick you i'm gonna pick justin jefferson you come on man yep. come on. <laughs> you, you
1: thought i was gonna take I thought
0: you were gonna pick
1: cooper cup or okay no no i think if there's anything we've learned about this award and cup is unbelievable and he's going to be just fine this year god damn dude i mean we haven't had a repeat since calvin johnson in 2011 and 2012 haven't had
0: a repeat since don and yeah uh,
1: or don i mean so and calvin is you know one of one so i'm not gonna number one overall pick i'm not gonna pick a, a repeat guy and justin jefferson was the guy i was hinting at one of the guys i was hinting at when i said this is an award that you know guys are 26 to 28 he's 23 years old And he just turned 23 in June, which is just bananas how young this guy is. And uh, many years, he would have won it last year. He had over 1,600 yards, but a guy named Cooper Cup chased 2,000. So I think this is just who Justin Jefferson is. I think he's a target monster. I think he's a great player. I don't think he ever has to come off the field. He's somebody that... Has flexibility inside and outside. Last year, 68.4% of his snaps out wide, and 31% in the slot. I like that flexibility that you can move him around the field. That this is an offense that will move him around the field. I like the matchup with his new head coach, and you know, O'Connell there. It's kind of a recipe per, for perfection to have a mammoth year statistically when you look at him being the dude. Yeah. And, and Trevor, like. We know, you know, Adam Thielen has aged over the years, but they also, as we all do, as we all do, they also quietly lost another big target monster, that offense in Tyler Conklin, a guy that caught 61 passes last year. So Justin Jefferson, who's already exploded his first two years in the NFL, that, that target share can go even higher. So this to me was, I don't want to call this a no brainer because there's so many viable options to pick number one overall, but. He was the one I was the most excited about.
0: I It's going to be the Justin Jefferson show this season. It, it really is. And he was also the player that I would have went with first overall, if you're picking who's going to finish with the most receiving yards in the NFL this season, you just look at the setup and you mentioned it. Adam Thielen, he's getting older They're, they They, they, lost some other receiving weapons on that team Justin Jefferson he's young but also the way in which he wins is something that really encourages me yeah. for him to continue to have that kind of success maybe it's not going to be more than 1600 yards but like you mentioned 1600 yards could have won that award in many years past so even if he has that same kind of output he's going to put himself right there in the conversation I think the Vikings defense going to take a little bit of a step back so I think he's going to be more throwing they're going to have to continue to be aggressive throughout the entirety of the game Justin. Justin Jefferson is going to be the player who is going to reap those benefits, his route running, his separation, his confidence as a wide receiver are just, they're all so incredible at a young age already with his third year in the NFL. So I I agree with you. I think that Justin Jefferson is a great pick. He's who I would have taken at number one, number two. It's so funny because you take Justin Jefferson off the board and my immediate thought is like, okay, who am I going to go with one and two? And I go, okay, these are probably the best two options. And then I go, Oh, wait, but I'm leaving this guy on the board. And I'm going to have to say that no matter what. No matter what is the case, I'm going to have to say that. So I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. I was not going to pick Cup number one because I am worried about Stafford's arm. I really am. I- I'm worried about it. He yeah. had How can he not be? I had, he had off-season surgery, and they said that, okay, like his arm, his elbow specifically, has he's got pain in his elbow. And they thought that it was going to really help him out. And he was going to be in a better place as we got to this point, this close to the season starting. And he's not, he's still bothered by that elbow, it seems. And it just seems like it's going to be something that he's going to have to pay- play with. I think Stafford himself even said, he's not betting on being pain-free by the time the season starts. So that really worries me because if you take Stafford off of that team, the depth chart, isn't something that is going to wow you. However, I can't not take Cooper cup here in the top three selections because of obviously what he did last year, how incredible he is at his craft, how he's going to continue to be one of those best separation artists in the NFL. And when you can be such a great route runner, no matter who's your quarterback, you have a chance to have, well, it's not a chance. The preference would be that they look your way, that you're going to be the guy who's always going to get open. So even if Stafford's not there, Los Angeles Rams still got to throw the football. Who are they going to throw it to? I know that Allen Robinson's there, but I think Allen Robinson would be the one who would, whose production would get hurt more if Stafford is not available than Cooper Cup. I think that what he brings to the table and how he brings it to the table will allow him to put up some monster stats there. So I got to pick Cooper Cup, the reigning champ. Know his name's middle name. Well, I don't know. Maybe his middle name's Don and we might be able to get a, a, a repeat winner here if that's the case Hit a technicality, but my third pick, my next guy going back-to-back. Back. I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. There's so many different wide receivers I could have gone with, but I am so excited. I'm so hyped out, hyped up about Derek Carr and Devontae Adams being teammates again. Last time we saw these guys as teammates, they led college football in basically every single quarterback, wide receiver, duo statistic that when, when they were at Fresno State. It's been a long time since then. But both of them are still in the NFL. Derek Carr is considered a franchise quarterback. Devontae Adams is considered one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. It's not like these guys have gone anywhere. So I think that even with some other good receiver options in that offense, you've got Hunter Renfro, who could be a big target guy. You have Darren Waller. It's not like it was in Green Bay where I think Aaron Rodgers was going to force feed Devontae Adams no matter what. But it might not play out to be that far away from that, given how much chemistry and history Derek Carr has with Devontae Adams. So with that being the case, I think we're going to see a great year from Carr. We're going to see another great year from Adams. Adams has never won the wide receiver title. But he's been in that conversation. He's been pretty close in really three of the last four years outside of the year that uh, that he missed some time from being hurt. So we get a full year from Devontae Adams. I got to bet on him. I got to think that they're looking his way consistently. Josh McDaniels is going to build that offense around that chemistry that those two guys have. So I'll go Cooper Cub and Devontae Adams for my first two picks here. Really like the Adams pick. I think that, and maybe I, even I'm guilty of it at times, although I
1: love the trade for them when it happened. it it, he's been so good for so long on the main stage playing in green Bay that I think we over exaggerate his age. He's 29 and he's going to play most of the season at age 29. And the type of refinement that he plays with, and now the type of chemistry, great chemistry with Rogers. He's going to have great chemistry again with Carr. That's a guy that should age really well in this league. I mean, he's somebody that at age 30, 31, 32, I don't think there'll be a notable difference with him. So, I I like that pick. It's admittedly a pick that I would have made here. Uh, So my first one's pretty easy. I I talk about this guy on the podcast all the time. It's Jamar Chase. Rookie season, 81 catches for, you know, almost 1,500 yards, a big play machine, a built-in chemistry with his quarterback in Joe Burrow. I like T. Higgins. Um, T. Higgins is going to always, in a good way, eat into the target share in this offense. But C.J. Uzama out the door. And year two of Jamar Chase, a team that I don't think has to overthrow to their running backs, I think we're going to see an uptick in volume. Coming off 128 targets, I don't see why that number doesn't increase. I don't see... And let's not forget, Trevor, he did not have a great August last year, and there was a lot of concern on the old Twitter machine, which is a little ridiculous, but a lot of concern about Jamar Chase going into his rookie year because of that August, and then the dude exploded onto the scene. And I think one more notable thing is that it felt like he was getting better, understandably, as the season went on. I mean, two of his last three weeks, he went for seven and 125, 11 and two sixty-six against the Chiefs. Eleven and two sixty-six.
0: I was there in person, watched it. Couldn't there believe you go. it. Truly, truly, could not believe my eyes. Every single person in the stadium knew where the ball was going. Doesn't matter. There wasn't a single person who could do a damn thing about it. So I've, I've picked two outliers
1: to start this off because I've picked guys that are 23 and 22 years old. And as I've said, this is typically a statistical category where the leader hovers more towards being in their prime at 26, 27, 28. I just think those two are special. I don't really think there's any other way around it. And it's pretty cool you got to see that game because when you look at Chase, yeah. watching him in person, um, I got to see him pretty sure his the last year he did play in college and it was just just no one like it I, I mean the releases off the line of scrimmage how he glides the big body uh the ability to climb over defenders it's unbelievable
0: was that the game uh, was that the game that started it for them their, their run hold on I'm looking at their schedule right now that was, was towards they, the end of the year yeah they beat they beat Baltimore the year they the week before that Yep. Uh 4121. I would say that that was probably the one. They beat Denver the week before that as well, yep. but it was like 15 to 10. Yeah, the final score was 15 to 10. So I would say that the Baltimore game was probably the one that really was the catalyst. But then you beat Baltimore and Kansas City back-back weeks rest rest everybody. The week after that you make the playoffs and then the, yeah, pretty nuts run after that. They like quietly blew out some good teams last year.
1: Quietly. Like they they really you know kicked the snot out of Baltimore twice. They
0: destroyed Baltimore twice. Twice,
1: twice. Pittsburgh too. Forty-one.
0: Pittsburgh.
1: I mean they yeah they had some big blowouts that if they cleaned up some of the letdown weeks you know like when they lost they lost to Mike White um there's a couple of letdown weeks they they almost lost to jacksonville early in the year like if they clean up some of those letdown weeks they're going to be a machine
0: the hall of fame game for mike white you can can count on one hall of fame game for
1: mike white every year so i mean there's just nothing you can do about it jets eagles friday folks tune in the mike white show (laughs) (laughs) so before he gets traded for a conditional 2024 seventh round pick all right so i got another pick here i I would say and i want to know your thoughts i think this is where it turns and becomes a little trickier Like, these were the... There's a lot of options. So, right now, the board, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and Jamar Chase have gone. Okay. The first four picks. I feel pretty comfortable that that was coming. That's not a big surprise. My pick here is going to be Stephon Biggs. Okay. All right. All right. Now, this is a Bills offense that... I'm curious to watch it even evolve under a different staff. A, A tweaked staff, right? There's just different people with authority. Now... Diggs is so fascinating because he's gotten to buffalo and he's exploded 2020 over 1500 yards last year over 1200 yards 166 targets 164 targets what does that tell you trevor josh allen throws to this guy over and over and he should he's always open he's one of the best separators in the league so there's a lot of um excitement over gabe davis but i think there's been departures from this offense that. Yeah, you could now push some targets to Gabe Davis, but you're not pushing Stefan Diggs targets to Gabe Davis. You're taking them from other places. So I think he'll surpass 150 targets again. I think Stefan Diggs likes things that way. I think Josh Allen likes things that way. I do think this team will try to maybe establish a little bit more of a run game this year. But I once again I'm just I don't have that fear that all these things are gonna eat into Stephon Diggs. He's too good of a player. Uh, he's in his age 29 season now, or whole turn 29 in November, so still 28. And the rapport he has with Josh Allen has taken his career uh, to a totally different level.
0: Look, he's won this award before, and with great reason, because he is one of the best in the NFL, no question about it. The, the Bills' offense is only supposed to get better, you're right. Um, they're losing a couple of targets for as much as I like Khalil Shakir getting in there, as much as I like them maybe giving Dawson Knox the ball a little bit more. Jamison Crowder will Gabe, get his. But Gabe it's... Davis a little more. They added Jamison Crowder. But, like, still, those targets, not all targets are the same, right? That's a great point. When, when you're going to replace targets, a lot of times if if I'm playing that kind of mathematical game, I'm looking at targets that would have been from the wide receiver two, wide receiver three because Stefan Diggs is going to get his, right? It, it's not really like. A shift in okay, let's get Dawson Knox the ball a little bit more. Let's get Gabe Davis the ball a little bit more. Let's make sure that we get Khalil Shakir, or some of the running backs involved. All of that; those are targets that are almost in like one pool. You're not taking the targets from Stephon Diggs and trying to reallocate them somewhere else. At least, nor not, should you, right? At least not a lot, because the return on investment looking Diggs way, giving him a chance is is just going to be your best option if it's something that things are all things could. When all things are similar, when things are in a vacuum, you always want to go to Stefan Diggs if you if you have that opportunity. So not all targets are the same. So I agree with you on the math. You got to pick Stefan G- Diggs. He's won this award before and with good reason. I'll, I'll end it the same way that I started that kind of rant there. So funny enough, I'm up on the clock now. I got two back-to-back picks. I would not have picked Jamar Chase next after Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, and Cooper Cup. Okay. There's another player that I would have picked above Jamar Chase. Now, Jamar Chase would have been – he was in the conversation. He's in this tier. But the way that I have my draft board for this episode written, I have CeeDee Lamb next. I have CeeDee Lamb next, and that's and that's a combination of the fact that CeeDee Lamb is so damn good, and I do think that he is just on the cusp of exploding the biggest year that he has had yet in his career. But it's also because of the faith that I had in Dak Prescott. You you go back to 2019. Dak Prescott was number two in the NFL in passing behind only Jameis Winston. You go to that 2020 season. Yes, he gets hurt. But in those, what was it, three, four games that he was playing, he was on pace for an ungodly amount of passing yards before he got hurt. Last year, he was top seven in the NFL, 4,500 passing yards again. And that's with him coming back from that foot injury. So – a fully healthy year for Dak Prescott I, I really believe I think that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL I truly do when we did our what was it uh was it a redraft episode franchise player the franchise draft. player where, where we took Dak Prescott very high you actually the Giants very fifth? High. Yeah. yes and people like that that caused outrage for, yeah time. people freaked out about it I I everybody's got their own opinion and sure. obviously like That's we fine. have our opinion you guys have your opinion I totally believe that Dak's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I really do. So with that Me being too. said, you know, you you lose Cedric Wilson. Michael Gallup is coming off of an ACL injury, starting things on the PUP list. It is CD Lamb and tight ends and young guys. Like, that's about it. Yeah, that, yeah, that, absolutely. That's, that's all we got there, especially with Amari Cooper gone as well. Should have mentioned that right up at the top. Just came to my head. All Cedric of those Wilson. targets. So many of those targets are yeah. going to go to CD Lamb. This is an opportunity where you have a guy ascending to number one, where he becomes the best option, that a lot of those targets and a lot of those looks are going to be allocated his way. He is going to get the lion's share of everything in that, that passing offense, I believe. So with how talented he is, the combination of his quarterback, the exodus of the other passing weapons, I think that it's it is a massive year for CeeDee Lamb. I think that he has a really good chance to be the wide receiver champion, especially if we get back to how much Dak Prescott was throwing the ball in the past. And a lot of that also has to go as in line with Zeke's getting older. Zeke's getting less effective, right? So they're less inclined. For as much as Dallas is going to continue to have Zeke because they've just proven that's what they're going to do. I think that that is going to – they're going to back off on that a little bit. you got to get the ball in your best player's hands. CeeDee Lamb is absolutely one of them. And then the next pick, uh, I'm going – I'm going to pick Travis Kelsey. I can do that, right? We're talking wide receiver champion, but we're also talking like – Yeah, I didn't leading, think of it, but leading, yeah, you could do it. the league in, in, in receiving yards, I'm going to pick Travis Kelsey. Because okay. One, a lot of people would argue he's more of a wide receiver than a tight end anyways, and two – Look at the receivers that are currently on that roster, man. Travis Kelsey has been unbelievably productive, and that's been with Tyree Kildare. Tyre- so you're finally breaking up with Kyle Pitts? What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean? You, oh, you, you thought that I was going to take Kyle Pitts or what? I mean,
1: he was like your uh, your sworn hero on the draft, a player from the last three drafts show we did. he did. Oh, well, the- look, I mean... <laughs>
0: is my guy and everything yeah. but you know, who's who's the quarterback in atlanta you know who's the quarterback uh, you in tell Kansas me. City? So, you right, tell me right
1: i'm as not so gonna bet on
0: jalen ramsey once on, said all uh all <laughs> to quote, you to quote jalen i love ramsey. that quote so you tell me no i'm going with travis kelsey you see you, you've seen the production that he's had even when tyree kill is there they've got marquez valdez scantling nicole hardman juju smith schuster and they hope they're getting a lot out of sky Moore as well but None of those four guys are as accomplished and have the chemistry that Travis Kelsey does with Patrick Mahomes. I I think, and shoot, I I really do hope that I'm wrong here, but I I wonder if the drop-off for Kelsey as he continues to age is going to get steeper and sharper just because he is getting into his mid-30s. But this next year here, I think he has a chance to have the most targets, the most catches, the most receiving yards that he has yet in his career simply because of what Kansas City's offensive identity looks like right now and the lack of familiarity, the lack of confidence the Mahomes might have in the rest of the group where he can think, I can always go Kelsey's way. So for my fourth pick here, I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. I think he, among the tight ends, I know Mark Andrews is involved, George Kittle's involved, Kyle Pitts would be involved, but among the tight ends, he would be my pick this year to lead that group in receiving yards. And I think that he does have a shot at leading the league in receiving yards as well.
1: I like it at 31 years old, he had over 1400 yards. So this is a dude that it, it can, it can happen. And I think he's aged like wine. He might be like the sneakiest, almost 33 in the NFL. And I don't really think it matters. I think he's going to be fine. I don't, I think he's somebody that's going to play at a top five tight end level for the next couple of years. I don't see that drop off with him. And maybe some of that is because of his relationship with Mahomes and the chemistry they have. But I also think he's a guy that will be motivated to always be at his absolute best because that team will always be in a championship window with yep. patrick mahomes under Truly. center and i think that matters so uh outside the box pick that i wasn't expecting but i really really like it really really like that one yeah well done uh the wide receiver
0: champion show getting its first tight end here all right i'm going to have to change the title now now i might just have to call it like receiver and receiving champion receiving champion yeah it's tricky so.
1: All right, so
0: we'll have to to, to talk with the producers about that.
1: There's a a lot to unpack with the guys left on the board that are at the top that are probably spinning through a lot of people's heads. It could be that they are in a room that's too good. There's other guys that get targets. It could be that they play for a team that it's not that the quarterback's bad. It's that you just don't necessarily have the faith in the quarterback. I think my next pick will come off as outside the box. I am going to go with Michael Pittman. And, I mean, let's be real. This dude had a really good 2021 season at age 24 where he had almost 1,100 yards playing with Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. And I am one of the uh, firm believers that Matt Ryan has good football left in him. It sounds like things are going really well in Colts camp for Matt Ryan. It feels like they got you know, a pro's pro in there. And he's playing like a pro's pro. He's leading like a pro's pro. He knows the offense. He, he looked, picked up the offense really quickly. Shocking. It's Matt Ryan. There's not a lot here, Trevor. In the This is going to be a really well-balanced offense. When I say there's not a lot in the way of Pittman's targets, it's a compliment to the function of the Colts offense. The way they can run, the way they have more than just Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, the offensive line, two tight end sets. There's a lot of different things they could do that are going to win a lot of football games this year. But when you're looking at a receiver that has is going to be highly productive in this offense, it's going to be Michael Pittman. And he's definitely a pick for me that, kind of like you at CD Lamb, we've seen them have good seasons. We haven't seen them have monster years. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen them where somebody goes out the door and everybody's looking and going, Oh, you're up. Like you're up, you're the dude. So this is as we do on the show a lot, as this is a not mainly, but the primary focus of the show is the draft and player development in the NFL level from the college level. This is a breakout pick, and maybe one that some people weren't expecting to hear on today's show. But Michael Pittman should have a should have a monster year with Matt Ryan. He,
0: he was in my he was in my top ten. I there think you go. I think he was in my top ten. He was either ten or eleven for me, but he was right there. So I I'm glad that one of us gave him gave him some love on this show, putting him in the top five. So good stuff.
1: I, I think that. Once again, too, he could have been my, I'm picking back to back. So I could have picked him five in this exercise. It ultimately doesn't matter as I round out this draft, man. The next one is really, really tough, but
0: it's really, really tough. There's a lot to go with. There's a lot. I, I, I have a guess at who you're going to pick. I'm not going to say it though. You're not going to say it oh you're going that off the wall no 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 i i wanted to
1: know if you were going to try to guess it
0: no, no 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 i can't i can't be i can't because he's <laughs> it would be a really good pick and if you didn't think of it and you were like oh shoot you just oh, I'll thought just of do it, it.
1: <laughs> i'll just do it then whatever there's one thing i have to check before i make this pick okay. which is All right. insane so, that we're here but i'm torn between two players i'll give
0: you time by telling everybody that Please. um what we're gonna do is after we're done with our five we're actually gonna pick one rookie I can't remember if we said this at the top, but the way that we're going to do it is we'll have three points for if our, if one of our players becomes the wide receiver champion, we get three points for however many players that we have in our top five, also finishing the top five of receiving yards. We get one point. And then we're also going to, for fun draft one rookie. And if they lead the league as a rookie, then we also get another point. It's not just whose rookie did better than the other. They got they got to lead the lead. We got to we got to call our shot here to get that extra point. So that's kind of how we're uh, we're grading this, and, and we're going to keep score of this. So was that enough time to get your? Thank to, you. Yeah, yeah, more than enough actually. Yeah, great. Great. So I'm taking Debo Samuel. All right, that was my guess. Yeah, that was my guess.
1: But it wasn't easy. There are a lot of guys that I was torn between, but I'm going with Debo because. What did you look up? Um, just. Uh, I looked up other players. Okay. It right. had nothing to do with Debo, because okay. I know Debo's Debo's a damn good wide receiver, and I... all of the wide back stuff got in the way of how good of a wide receiver he is, because we're talking about a player that, in 2020, he didn't play a lot, but 2019, he had 800 yards. Mm-hmm. And 2021, with all of the wide back stuff, he still exploded for over 1,400 yards, and on 121 targets, which in I the grand scheme is not totally,
0: a lot. totally, totally forgot. That he had over 1,400 receiving yards before this. Well, not before this exercise. I had looked it up before, but the you put it perfectly. There's so many people who talk about Debo as a gadget player. You you forget that this dude almost had 1,500 receiving yards. Like he's just a damn good wide receiver, even without the other added stuff. So the carries really
1: started to become consistent in week nine, and weeks one to seven. I mean, he was basically averaging at least around 100 yards a week. Sure, there was a couple like 93, 52, but 189, 156, 100, 171, like mammoth weeks as a wide receiver. Then when they started giving him five to eight touches a game from the backfield, they did eat into his targets as a wide receiver that limited his wide receiver numbers for the most part. So I know the new contract extension has built-in incentives if he is used as a ball carrier in the production based on that. I do think that'll still be a part of the 49ers offense, but I think that Debo will be maximized more as a wide receiver this year, and he is such a talented player. I know we're, as we record this show in August, we are right in the thick of Brandon Ayuk's Summer of Hype Round 2, and i you know, really bought into that last year, and I'm not saying I'm not buying into it this year, I just... The summer of hype for all these guys gets crazy. And I, Debo's the dude. Like, yeah, they got Kittle. Yeah, they got Ayuk, who's having another good camp. But mm-hmm. Debo, when the pads come on, the lights come on, and it's regular season game time, Debo's going to be that dude. And I think he'll be a little bit of a safety valve to create yards after the catch in this offense for Trey Lance. So Debo mm-hmm. will be a screen machine, and we know what he could do with the ball in his hand. So the yardage is going to be there again for him. He, no. ha-
0: he had to be in one of
1: these drafts. It would have been a sin if he wasn't. Right. No,
0: he was – I, I-, I would have picked Debo. I think as my fifth guy. If you would have let him, if left him on the board, for my last pick here at number five, I'm torn between two players, and I can debate them out loud instead of in my head. Can because- I guess them? Yeah, 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 yeah. Guess them. Guess Tyreek Kill. No. Whoa. Okay. Tyreek is not. Look, I'm not. I'm. I am not sipping the Tyreek Kill. Tua is well, as good as Patrick Mahomes Kool-Aid I'm just not and with him being in the same offense as Cedric Wilson and Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosicki I think that Tyreek Hill is going to play well but do I think that Tua has it in him to have all of those guys get targets and allow Tyreek Hill to hit the 1400 1500 yard mark no I don't I'm I'm I'm, I'm not picking Tyreek Hill no I never was okay well
1: like Jeff Ulbrich said uh Coke is good, but Coke with a little, with a little something in it is much better. So moving on. <laughs> no Tyree Kill. Uh, you're not sipping the Coke with a little something in it on no. Tua right now. No. Then I'll let you take the floor because I don't want to keep playing the guessing game of being wrong, wrong and wrong.
0: Okay. Uh one of them is Corlin Sutton. One of them is Corlin
1: Sutton. That Su- swear. Is who I have open. I'm not going to pull it all the way up to the camera. He is my
0: pro football reference tab right now. Okay. All right. So, look. I, so, we weren't far off on this when he was in the conversation for you as well. Courtney Sutton has had a... 1000, I believe 1100 yard season that he had in 2019, 2020, he gets hurt. And then this past year, obviously Denver's quarterback situation was kind of all over the place and he was getting (laughs) back from, yeah. uh, I mean, he was getting back from injury as well. You look at Russell Wilson being in that offense. Now Russell Wilson has made stars and thousand yard receivers out of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, not to say those guys are scrubs without Russell Wilson, but you know what I'm saying? A great quarterback getting in concert with a great wide receiver, There's yards there, and I think the most that they had as a duo was when DK had 1,300 yards, but, man, I just really feel like a 1,400-yard season could be in the cards for Sutton. Maybe it could be more than that. Maybe it could be special, but the other guy that I'm thinking about is Michael Thomas, a guy who has won this award before, albeit three years ago. His numbers with Drew Brees were insane. In fantasy football, it was the easiest choice of all time. Mm-hmm. This guy was getting anywhere from 150 to 200 targets a year. He was you could guarantee guarantee pencil him in for 1,300 to 1,600 yards, depending on what the year was going to bring. But he gets hurt the year last year, does not play really at all. He's coming back from the injury, but I read over the last couple of days that he's started to participate in eleven and eleven and seven on seven drills with the Saints. They are very happy with where he is health wise. He also seems to be in a good place when it comes to the relationship with the team, because there were some back and forth. Okay. Like, does he even want to be in new Orleans? He seems to be happy or at least happier than what he was last year. It feels like he's going to be able to start the season week one. And if that's the case, he's the unquestioned number one wide receiver on this team. They have Chris Olave; They've got some other offensive weapons. Alvin Kamara takes a lot of targets too, but it's still going to be, I think, the Michael Thomas show, especially with the coaching staff being relatively the same. They also have Jameis Winston as as their quarterback. And I don't know exactly what version of Jameis we're going to get this upcoming year, but Jameis Winston likes to throw the football. That is, just, that is always going to be his thing, and Michael Thomas, I think, is going to be his wide receiver one in that regard. Those are the two wide receivers that I'm debating between
1: are I'm you gonna,
0: stuck or you you have one give conviction on one I'm gonna pick Sutton I'm gonna pick I thought Court, so. I'm gonna pick Cortland Sutton here it's his time just because there is more uncertainty of what Jameis is going to be what that offense is going to be what Michael Thomas might be right out of the gate is he that same kind of force feed target hog receiver are they going to have him play things that are a little bit different maybe half the year is spent figuring out where they can use michael thomas best and that doesn't that doesn't spell out a wide receiver champion kind of a year so i think that russell wilson i think the Cortland sutton they're going to really hit the ground running this this denver broncos offense is going to be really potent uh and i'm going to go Cortland sutton here as my fifth pick let's ride brother you gotta let's ride baby So, so good i love that
1: it's really gained steam i see everybody doing it um man i I like so sutton your sutton pick was like my Pittman pick in a sense too Mm -hmm. where it's like man i think this is this is going to be the year the situation the having a real life quarterback walk into that room it's like oh this is what this guy can do when the ball is coming his way on time accurately uh you're going to see the best version of players so all right i will read my top five you will read your top five and then we each drop to pick a rookie yep and Following the snake order, you get to pick the rookie first. Yeah, I'm ready right to do. Finish the draft. Yeah, I'm a nice host. All right, number one for me was Justin Jefferson. Number two was Jamar Chase. Number three was Stephon Diggs. Number four was Michael Pittman Jr. Number five, Debo
0: Samuel. My top five, I got Cooper Cup, Demonte Adams, CeeDee Lamb, Travis Kelsey, and Cortland Sutton. Some guys that we left on the board, A.J. Brown, didn't nobody pick A.J. Brown. Uh, didn't pick Mark Andrews if we were going along the tight end train who Mark Andrews point. Could, could have been a fantastic pick as well Terry McLaurin that was another one that I thought of I think that Terry obviously well, is one of the best wide receivers there but no comment <laughs> love scary Terry uh moving to uh, like Mike Evans is on there but there's so many options to the Bucks' offense. I think Mike Evans is going to have another 1,000-yard season. but is They don't need a... him to have 1,600 yards. It's just, I just don't think it's like... going to happen. Uh, same thing in Carolina. Like, DJ Moore is in Carolina, and I like DJ Moore, but I don't think DJ Moore is going to threaten 1,500 yards. So that's kind of where I was with a handful of, of those next-tier wide receivers that I might have thought about. So. I know who you're taking here, oh, which is funny because it goes against your sure previous rant. Sure it does. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you're damn right it does. Yeah, you're, you're damn taking right. Chris Olave. Of course you are. No, I'm not picking Chris Alave. You're not taking Alave. No, 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 no. All right,
1: all right. Well, then your other pick makes sense. Take the floor. Drake London, baby. Yeah,
0: Drake London. I mean, you want to talk about someone that should be a target. I thought you were about to bring up the fact that I – I poo pooed a Kyle Pitts pick because of their quarterback situation. I thought that's what you were. So doing. I was right. <laughs> you, were, you were right. I I thought that that's where you were going with it. But here I am picking Drake London. Um. I've seen exactly two training camp highlight clips of Drake London Same. and I am prepared. Are the Falcons <laughs> yeah. having camp? That's the only thing I've seen to stitch the gold jacket right now. Okay. Like wide receiver one on un- like un- unmatched. We are counting that as a scouting dub already. Doesn't even need to play a game. Yeah. It's a hit. He's, I mean, he's, he's just going to get so many targets. Him and Pitts are going to be that entire passing offense. And. I, I just think volume alone is, is why I've got to pick him here. If he's fully healthy, I, I, I do. I think that he is the dude. And the thing that gives me faith about him succeeding with maybe not the best quarterback is whether it's Desmond Ritter, whether it's Marcus Mariota, even if these guys aren't pinpoint deadly accurate exactly where they need to go with the ball, just throw it up to Drake London, man. I mean, yep. he, le- he led college football in contested catches last year, and he only played eight games. He led the country. that's his entire bread and butter so even if you have a quarterback that isn't just a complete assassin back there if you get it within his catch radius he's unbelievable at it so i think that that that's going for him too so i'll go with drake london as my uh rookie wide receiver pick here and if you were a defensive coordinator you're you're theoretically at least early
1: in the year shading all your help to kyle pitts because for a lot of reasons like slot defenders number one are going to have a hard enough time with pitts so you're going to have to shade help to them pretty much anyway. But the type of town he's proven to be in that offense where it could, I don't want to say open things up for Drake London because they have their holes in other positions, but you're right. It's there's no reason why he's not the wide receiver on that team that is out targeting everybody by what, like 50%? Yeah. 60% easy. it's easy. like, it should yeah. be kind of insane. So obviously um, it's pretty clear who I'm taking. I am taking Chris Alave and I think that, you know, you brought up the fact of Michael Thomas's pending return could be a big, uh, big factor here, but that number two wide receiver door has been wide open for the Saints for a player like Alave to step in, uh, get open, get targets, catch the ball down the field, catch the ball in the intermediate. Like you said, Jameis is going to throw the you-know-what out of the football, and Alave looks like he's had a good camp. It kind of goes back to your Drake London thing. I've seen some camp highlights of him. Uh, against Paulson Adebo who is a member of my most recent mock draft team just getting torched by Chris Olave. shout out to my hall of fame secondary hey Paulson
0: Adebo could be a good player I don't know if he is really right I don't know if he I is mean right let's
1: now. one-on-ones for any corner it's yeah it's, it can't, is right. it's is is like
0: viral like cocaine also can we okay while we're here can we talk about the Trayvon Diggs clip oh yes with with sure. him getting cooked by Cindy Fajoko the I have a problem Stanford?
1: with a lot of the narrative around Trayvon okay. Ziggs right now.
0: Okay, all right. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. And why do we treat
1: everybody's favorite thing? And I get it. They're like, he's so overrated because he has eight interceptions or whatever it is. And mm. I'm like, I, I get that. But I also think it's really unfair how we treat him as a 23-year-old corner. We treat him like a 28-year-old corner that's been in the league for six years. And everyone's like, this guy's really not that good. He just gets a lot of interceptions when it's like, uh he's 23 years old in his second year he had 11 picks and yeah he has his warts like he's not perfect in coverage he's not the Mm -hmm. stickiest player in coverage but it's one of those things where we we go so full circle on a well actually this guy's not as good as you think that we've gone all the way lapped around where it's like no he like put into context how young he is and that he could still be an ascending player
0: I'm with you. I think the Trayvon Diggs hate has gone like way too, too far.
1: far. It's like, gone too far. The context and a lot of it was PFF data which I I agree like the context was good. Like hey, this guy's not a shutdown corner yet, but right, he's a playmaking right, corner. Right. That's that's good analysis. Right. The he stinks is BS.
0: Like, it's I, BS. It, it is it is funny because a lot of people Will counter what you just said by saying, like, well, yeah, but like, so many people think he's like the best corner in the game. Who? Who thinks who he's the best with corner? With the brain the game? thinks that. Like, 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 who, who is saying this? I think that everybody who would be praising Trayvon Diggs would say, like, yeah, he's this kind of like off coverage corner who does really great at reading quarterbacks jumping routes going to get interceptions which are a big part of the game yeah if you're if you're gonna ask him to sit there and stick in man coverage and not get burned he's probably gonna get burned by a lot of people but some people will counter that and be like well some people are saying like he's the best corner in the game who who's saying that (laughs) it's like it's it's the it's the old twitter thing where yes the, the Steph curry the, the Steph curry yeah. they, took, they, they said that steph wasn't a good shooter and it's like they told me ooh, steph curry couldn't shoot yeah, who who said who said this now there's granted, just always someone yelling into the void granted in like september and october last year when stefan diggs had like six seven interceptions like one every single game yeah he was getting defensive player of the year hype because the statistics were insane but then of course you let the entire year play out you go okay he's given up a lot of yards. He seems to be really overly aggressive. Like, yes, he's getting the turnovers, but it's within context that does not make him the best corner in the NFL or the worst corner in the NFL. It makes him a stylistic corner who is young and still hopefully getting a lot better kind of, as you said, but I, I didn't, I didn't mean to totally go on to Trayvon Diggs. Also I'm glad we did that training camp clip. People are just frying him for it. And it was not great coverage. It it was not a good way to play man coverage in that situation, but it's a one-on-one training camp drill with no help anywhere. And people don't realize they're they're like, Oh, what wide receiver even is that Sammy Vahoko is a six foot five wide receiver who runs like a four, three, five, like that in that exact rep that you saw in that clip is why he is on the team. He is a big speed vertical wide receiver. That's That drill is built for him to win. Totally built for him to win, not only in the structure of the drill, but also like who he is as a player. So I just had to get that off my chest. I thought that was, it was just, I was watching people destroy the crap out of him and it was a bad rep. It was.
1: In the spirit of leaders, this being the wide receiver champion show, Diggs had 11 picks last year. And sure, there's interception luck involved in every leader. Of course. Trevor, the last interception leader in the NFL to have that number 11 was in 1981 Everson walls. So like, I know there's luck in big ups, big ups, Everson shout out to Everson. This was like a special year from ball skills perspective. Even if there is luck, that was a big number. It was a big number. So I just don't, the whole he's, you know, Trevon Diggs stinks thing is just worn out.
0: He's not the best corner in the NFL. Yeah. He's also not the worst.
1: Would a lot of DCs say, sign me up?
0: I'll take uh, yeah, the Feast or yeah. Famine ability? No, I think yeah. they would. I think they would. All right, back to... Um...
1: God, we got far off. Back
0: to wrapping up the podcast. I don't even know where we are. Picked, I think we're you done. Picked,
1: you picked Christian Olave, right? Okay. That was your rule. Yes, yes your I did. Race. I did. Oh, I did want to say, like, what? Because you took Drake London, who... Yep. Uh, great pick. Uh, that would have been, been my number one as well. I, they're, you know, why I didn't take Garrett Wilson, who could be in this conversation. I think there's just – the ball's going around in the Jets' offense. We need to see it from Zach Wilson, of course. I do mm-hmm. think he's going to be much better. But they got multiple tight ends they're going to throw to. They got Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, two running backs, and Michael Carter and Brees Hall that they're going to throw to. Braxton Berrios is going to get slot targets. I just think Garrett Wilson is not going into a situation like Drake London and Chris Olave, where there's this defined target role for him. It's going to evolve throughout the season. So that – yeah. I wanted to avoid, I wasn't going to take him.
0: I thought about Johan Dotson too, who I think is going to have a major role in that Washington offense. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, whoa, whoa. The, same silence, the same silence that we have when we brought up Terry McLaurin, and you were like, well, you know, and I was like, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we know. Did you see the tweet? I think it was uh,
1: about Montez sweat chasing Carson Wentz and screaming at him to get rid of the ball. No. That was my favorite camp tweet. What? Of the... Uh...
0: He's telling him to throw it away?
1: Yeah, I've seen it from a couple variations. And here's one from Zach Selby, who's a was- the staff writer for the team, for the commanders. Uh-huh. Wentz scrambled to his right before running out of bounds, with Montez sweat chasing him, screaming at Wentz, get rid of it, get rid of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that visual is just unbelievable first of all if my if I'm scrambling to my right Montez sweat is behind me yelling get rid of it that ball is gonna hit the floor so quick I'm firing that bad boy into the 90th row I don't have that kind of arm strike but you know what I mean like I'm either absolutely pegging the first person I see on the sidelines that ball is getting out of my hand like I just took it out of the oven without a mitt dude just an unbelievable scene fun show Great show. Good show. If we do say so
1: ourselves, great show. I mean, pat ourselves in the back. One of the best <laughs> spots to ever be
0: recorded. I think so. On uh, on Thursday, we're getting back to summer scouting. We're getting close, guys. Two almost position, done. Two positions Speaking left. of corners. Yeah, yeah. there it is. Speaking of corners. It was a good transition. Segment. It was it was a little <laughs> little tough because we kind of gotten off corners, but now, you know, you're getting back on. So we're doing cornerbacks on Thursday. We're giving you our top five cornerbacks heading into the um, – the 2022 college football season obviously top five we're talking about not nfl but for the nfl draft guys that we're going to be watching the college football season uh and then we got safeties the week after that uh some exciting stuff that's happening yeah. beyond that once we wrap it up we'll give you our top 50 prospects at the uh at the end of the summer we'll also get into our very first 2023 mock draft with a lot of time a lot of notes a lot of everything kind of taken into the equation we'll come up with a draft order we'll, we'll, we'll see what the draft order is we will use our uh, friends over at vegas to, to to see what they think about how teams are going to finish and we'll come up with the order then and then we'll give you guys your first mock draft before the first nfl season gets underway because we love you because it's just you... kind of and then, and then the
1: pod's over it's done yeah
0: and then well then no more pod
1: yeah, yeah. And then, that was it we just wanted to prepare everyone for last year's draft and Dude, we'll do a imagine, preview can,
0: next year. can you imagine if we like took the season off <laughs> Like, it, that like, would it, be, like if we like mean, if we like we were just like all right guys we'll see you after the season and it was just Yeah we'll like, get ready
1: for the draft again.
0: We right. actually should be really careful you and
1: I specifically about making jokes like that considering how our last podcast both actually did come to an end which mm. So maybe that wasn't the most tasteful joke for the listeners that are like, do not take away another podcast Sorry, yeah, we did,
0: didn't mean that. We're actually, we're not only not going away, but we're going back to three <laughs> shows a week, yeah. uh, I believe is the plan right now for us. So Yes, that is absolutely
1: correct. So there yeah. will be more of us again.
0: Yeah, you guys are, are getting rid of us. During the season, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to cover this uh, league in a lot of fun ways. And we'd love to hear from you guys too. I know we always say this, but if you hear of cool ideas or cool things that you, that you would love to hear, this podcast is i'm just letting you guys know pretty damn open i mean we have a we have a schedule that we're gonna go with we're gonna have reoccurring segments that we do throughout the season once we get into the swing of things but we are always open to hearing from you guys saying like hey i'd love to hear you know you guys talk about this angle of how to evaluate teams or evaluate where where teams are in the draft order all that kinds of stuff. If you want more updates like that, always please let us know. Um, Tampa Bay Trey, Connor J. Rogers on Twitter. Also on Instagram. You guys can hit us up there for all of your ideas. Anyways, we will see you guys on Thursday. Let us know who you think had the better list or whose list most likely has the chance to be the receiver champion in 2022. I'm Trevor with That's Connor Rogers. Thanks for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange.